Owen Marbury was part owner of an IT service business. Now he's locking horns with his ex-partner Devin and fighting for his reputation and his freedom. But when Michaela Stanford, his former college bestie and crush, walks back into his life, he's reminded of the fire that still burns between them. As their 20-year college reunion approaches, they have a chance to rekindle their friendship and explore love once again. But Owen's battle with Devin is getting in the way of pursuing things with Michaela. With Devin breathing down their necks and threatening their lives, Owen must decide whether to give in or fight for his heart's desire. This is the premise of Secret Second Chances, a friends to lovers second chance romance available on Amazon on March 5th. Pick up your copy today. This is the Nerdy Romantics Podcast, and I'm your host, Y.M. Nelson. Today's episode of the Nerdy Romantics Podcast talks about season one of The One on Netflix. The One is a TV series from the book of the same name by John Mars, and it features science elements, which are a little nerdy, and romance elements as characters try to figure out if they've really found their love match with science. We will discuss the TV show here, but we're also reviewing it. So as Dana says, Well, this is a review, so if you haven't seen it, I don't know why you're listening to us. You've been warned. Spoiler alert. So let's get into the discussion. So we are here with our fellow nerdy romantics, Marcy, Stacy, and Dana. And today we are talking about season one of The One on Netflix. The One is from a novel by John Mars, but we are all here because we saw the show first. Has anybody read the novel out of this group? No, not me. I did not. So it is planned reading for me, but I haven't read it either. So we're all specifically talking about the show today. Before we get into that, as we know, this is partly a book chat as well. So let's just reintroduce ourselves and talk about what we are reading right now that we like. So let's start off with Stacy. Hello. Well, currently, I've just finished reading one book, Damaged Goods by Talia um, Hibbert, uh, which I really enjoyed. You know, introduction to her, really from you, Yvonne. And I've really been enjoying her books. And they're really lighthearted and good romance novels for people who actually, I don't want to see romance. <laughs> um, so um, that's currently what I'm reading at this point. 
Okay. Marcy, how about you? I am currently reading a little Kindle Unlimited uh, urban fiction. And so I am reading the You Could Do Damage series by Casey Mills, who I follow. Um, and this is You Could Do Damage 2. T-O-O, and um, it's a continuation of the series. And so I actually do really like the series and her writing. It is urban. This one has a little bit of, um, I don't want to call it mafia kind of tinge to it, but a little bit of that kind of vibe to it. And I like it. Is that in the romance genre, urban fiction, or is it just straight urban fiction? It's probably considered urban romance. Okay. Dana, how about you? So last year, I purchased a whole bunch of discount Amazon credits for Audible. And so I bought the whole Pendergast series by Lincoln and Child. So I am still currently reading that. I think it's almost 20 books. And I'm on the last one that I purchased, which is Crooked River. But I think since then, there may be one more that's out. So that's more like a a thriller kind of sci-fi well not sci-fi I would say thriller and in terms of kind of romance still I also during that time bought all the Molly Harper stuff I could so those are the um the werewolves the shape shifting her whole hollow series and so I've just been kind of excuse me half moon hollow half moon hollow series and so I've been reading those I actually haven't been reading as much as I would like to but I'm going on vacation and plan on tearing it up <laughs> All right, cool. So let's get into the one. There's an element here of nerdy, and then there's an element of romantic as well, obviously, because of the subject matter. So let's talk about the nerdy. In episode one, they talk about the science of matching, and they kind of go through with the two main characters, Rebecca and James, with who are scientists, they go through and they do the science of it. First off, they talk about people being matched based on their hormone levels. Then they start studying ants and based on their DNA mutations in ants, they feel like they could make this work with humans by matching humans based on their DNA mutations. What do we think about the science of this? Feel free. <laughs> Dana, I see you are yeah. ready to talk. Yeah, so, well, okay, about the hormone thing, I'll start with that one. So that one I think is interesting because if somebody has PCOS and is known to have, I guess, more testosterone or you know, less estrogen and all this stuff. And I just, I don't know how that would work. Like, I'm, you know, because your hormones go up and down throughout your life, lifetime. So what happens if I match today and five years down the road, we're no longer a match or anything? I don't, I don't know about that. Obviously, I don't know anything about the science behind that, but that didn't seem to make much sense to me. And then with the whole DNA thing, and it's funny, and I know we'll probably get to this, but my first thought when they said that with the DNA is what about people who have very, similar DNA, DNA, such as brothers and sisters, twins, people like that. The DNA being a hundred percent match, I don't, I, I wasn't going for that. Uh, I wasn't believing that. So I was just like, huh, I wonder like what's going to happen with that? Cause I could very well see you would have more than one match. You know, that's what I was thinking. I can't imagine you would just have one match in the world. God forbid if you did and it, they were dead. <laughs> <But> anyway, right. <laughs> 
So I was like, y'all know when we first started watching this, I was like, the science doesn't make sense to me. Right. Um, so yeah, I questioned that from the beginning. Marcy, what about you? I feel like I didn't, I am not a scientist by nature. So I just kind of rolled with it. Theoretically, I guess I thought of it close, less like real, less like hormonal and more like pheromonal is kind of how I processed it in my mind. And so that kind of seemed like something I was familiar with. So I probably just like made it whatever it was that my mind needed to understand the premise. And so I don't know that I got the science of it exactly anyway. And but, they did mention the word pheromonal when they were mm-hmm. talking about the ants. They did. And so I think that's, I just took that. I'm like, oh, I know what that part is. And so I probably mm-hmm. extrapolated completely di- like inaccurately what that actually meant. But I think for me, I'm a twin. So I immediately started to think, what about people who have common DNA like twins, like siblings, like what would the overlap there be? And so I think that was one of the questions I did have at the beginning. And so it was interesting to see that play out because that as a twin was the first thing I thought about was what about people who have genetically identical DNA? Yeah. Stacy, any thoughts on this? Initially, the reason I started watching the, the whole series was because of our conversations that we, we have. And after I saw this was after we had the discussion with Dana and Marcy um, one evening about um, soulmates or finding your match or something like that. We had this. And I remember Dana said, I believe that everyone should have someone in the world, or, you know, something like that. And I was like, yeah. I said, no, I don't believe that. So, and, then, <laughs> and then I saw this come up on Netflix, which makes me indicate, okay, number one, our phones are listening. But yes, um, <laughs> but seeing this made me think of that whole, and that's the whole reason why I wanted to actually start seeing it was that was because of that conversation alone. Because normally, I'm not sure if I would have watched the whole thing through. The science on it, I really didn't focus too much on the science. See, and I was thinking the same thing with Marsha's like siblings, what that would do, or just the whole in the world, there's going to be a genetic match for you. Because I still wasn't believing, no, there isn't. (laughs) You're not going to find. It's not necessarily, there's someone always going to be there out there. But the fact that you're doing genetics and you're looking throughout the whole world and finding someone like that, that did intrigue. I've got to be honest, when I started watching it, um, and I told y'all about it, and then y'all started watching it, finished it before me, because I started to lose a little my steam for watching this. But initially with the science, I wasn't trying to be too into it because I, I wasn't watching it for the science of, oh, the one. I was like, okay, that's your concept. This is the whole concept of the whole series is they discovered a way to find your one and let's go from there. So I didn't really try to delve too deep into how they figure out what is the one. Not really, let me change that. I do want to see how, how they develop because that's the character development to me of the scientist um, characters. But the actual science, I wasn't, as involved with it at that point on how they did it kind of piggyback um on that uh that's kind of made me uh, intrigued to like read the book to see if he actually goes into more of the science part of it mm-hmm. because as you get on in the series you notice it's really put the science part in so they can kind of weave that mysterious death into everything and of course because it's 
you know, the company is science-based. I mean, you know, the whole idea is science-based, but you notice is very loosely mentioned here. So that's kind of made me want to read the book to see if they actually goes into it. But um, also something you said made me think, uh, I forgot to ask everybody, you know, how they came upon this series, but I'm just going to kind of chime in and say, we all came upon the series because Stacy started watching it. <laughs> and then we all were like, okay, let's watch it. In general, what did we, what did we think of this series in general that what made us want to keep watching? Because Stacy kind of waned there. So what made us want to keep watching? The main thing to me is watching how the things that I thought, why I didn't think this would be a good idea to have this DNA match, watch it, I guess, play out. So for example, I think the one character we had where, and actually this is probably more so, I think maybe Stacy asked the question, but what would you do if you were already in a relationship, you were already married, whatever, and this was a service that was was offered to you, would you want to know who your perfect match is? And so that's kind of where I, I came from. I wanted to see how that was going to play out for people who already thought they had their perfect match. Now there's something that comes out science and saying, hey, we can actually tell you who your perfect match is. Now this becomes to me kind of a, a moral question. Do I want to know who that is? And then what do I do about it? Or would I not want to know who it is? And so here we have a couple where the man, um, he didn't go and try to look to see who his match was. He, he loved his wife. He was very happy with her. She didn't go try to find out who her match was. No, she went to try to see who his match was, which to me was just like, why would you set yourself up for this? You knew it wasn't going to be you. The likelihood that it was going to be you is just like, to me, 0%. Like, I feel like anybody who went and tried this they're not likely to match up to their DNA partner with the person that they already have. So the wife going and doing this, I thought was ridiculous. So I had to definitely see how that played out. Then the woman, the man would have matched with happens to also live in the same town. And so uh, the wife goes, anyway, I just wanted to see how things like that actually were played out in here. And again, the whole thing about what happens when somebody has more than one match. So that's what kept me focused and wanting to watch. Plus with Netflix, I don't have to wait. So if this was spread out over, you know, a week each episode, I probably would have fell off too. But knowing I can sit here and watch the whole series in two days, that's what I did. I I think, okay, so I'll agree with Dana that the the fact that they were all there made it easier to keep going. And because I didn't have to wait every time I was left with an unanswered question, I could immediately go to the next one and watch it. And I think for me, what really kept me watching was what are these people going to do? If you're already in a relationship, what are you going to do? If you're not in a relationship, are you going to get matched? Um, and then once I saw what the wife was doing, I was like, oh, I have got to see this. And then the side relationship with the with the girl who was matched to the unlikely match when they when they and I, I say unlikely but I think you find out that it's not as unlikely as it could have been but when she's matched to Sophia and and that whole mystery and I was like what is going on over here so I really feel like they had all of these different mysteries playing out at the same time 
And it really, I think that kept me engaged. I think that nothing is what you think it is when you see it the first time. I think that's really what kept me engaged was that it was, I think it was really well written as a show. And I think that was part of it. Also that the, the key character, Rebecca, Rebecca, there are, she would almost make you feel for her and then do something completely diabolical and then almost make you feel for her. And then, and so she, uh, her character alone also had me trying to figure out, do I really, do I hate her? Or do I feel bad for her? So that was another part of it for me too. Yeah, her character was seriously complex. Mm. Yeah, Stacy. For me, that kept me going was that side character or that side relationship with the, the husband and wife. That kept me going more than anything else. I think in the whole series was that relationship um, and just her continued stupidity and the bad judgments that she was making left and right. Yes. On that. It was just, you know, mm-hmm. your husband says he loves, at first, you know, when you see it, it's like, oh, he's going to, you know, you don't know anything about the characters at first. And you're thinking, oh, he's going to do something behind her back. It's like, no, he did nothing behind her back. She caused her own problem. She caused yeah. it. And then she kept stepping into it. It was just, I just was like, you're just making it worse. You're making it worse. He's not giving you his, he's not doing the DNA. He didn't do it. You do it. Then you find the person and then you try to make friends with them. It was just bad decision after bad decision after bad decision. Near the end of it, I was thinking, he leaves you, you deserve it. I just really, he was like, (laughs) I was just, up to a point, it's like you basically just let the person into your home basically Mm -hmm. that you knew would have which you know because Mm -hmm. you've been watching I was like you knew was going to have a connection with your husband and you're going to let her in and the fact that she said because I want to know what she's doing I could do something it's like no you know if you read if you even with the little science that you know I wasn't even paying that much attention the science had nothing to do with how people were acting so (laughs) having her right so it was it totally the way the person's personality was. So what are you going to get from her unless you, I don't know, take her skin, you know, how are you going to make yourself smell, give out pheromones and do all the stuff that they said is how they met. So that just, I found stupid. And then as we were going on and that detective and her find her match, you know, which was also what I was talking about. So your match was like your same sex. And they, you know, in this case, it was another woman but she had never been with another one, you know? And so that was- Yeah, she had. I thought she had dated a woman had, yeah. before. Yeah, she had one, dated women. But I thought she, but she, I don't think she was really, she was open to it, but she wasn't really, I, well, I guess she was open to it. But, and then, you know, with meeting her brother and I was like, okay. And I was, cause that's one of the things I was thinking of is what happened if they're siblings or in the case of identical twins versus fraternal, you know, because identical, they are identical, same, same egg split into, they, you know, they actually talked about not, not so much of the twin thing, but being that they were siblings, how he, she got a connection with the brother as well. I was interested more than that, than the main character, what's her name, Sophia? Um, and I think when you were talking about, oh, you feel for and then you don't. Oh, Rebecca is the main Rebecca, character. Rebecca, the main character. And I'm going to have to tell you, after such, I never feel felt for. I was like, I hope you get caught dirty. Um, I just did not like her. And so that's probably why 
after a while when it became less focused on those other character subplots and more on her, I started to lose lose steam in watching it because mm-hmm. of that. And I know you can binge watch it, but after I got into something else, like, okay, I guess I got to watch it because I did talk to them about it. So I need to, need to watch this show. Her whole, I mean, I know I would watch it, but I had no empathy or feeling for her. So I didn't really care as much what was happening to her. Just that I kind of wanted her to get caught. That was pretty much it. Um, but not even enough to keep trying to keep watching. If it wasn't for y'all, I probably would have stopped watching this and, and left it at the wayside. So interesting that, you know, we have two different reactions about Rebecca. Dana, what do you think about Rebecca since we're on this? It reminds me, so I got confused with Stacey was talking. So Rebecca is the detective or is she the wife? Rebecca's she, the dark haired. Um, the detective is the blonde. She's a scientist. She's a scientist. She's a scientist. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, forgot. You know what? That's so funny. I forgot all about her. Okay. So, yes, obviously, you know, on one hand, she's a successful businesswoman. And I'm like, you know, we get an opportunity. She's a woman. She's, she's acting like a man, right? So, in this regard, I'm like, I like that we're showing this ruthlessness because this is what men do all the time. Nobody says anything about it. When a woman does it, it's like, oh my goodness, why are they doing that? They're doing that. So Yeah, she even says that in one episode. She's like, men, men do this all the time. Men don't apologize for wanting success. Right. Yeah. So I honestly didn't really have a problem with her. <laughs> like That's and, funny. And, and I say that not to say that I thought she was a great person, but um, I'm sorry, Pop-Tart is barking if you hear her in the background. Um, but not to say that she's a bad person. Not to say she's not a bad person. So Pop-Tart for- is a cute little dog, just in case I, <laughs> I keep that in here. <laughs> I think for me, it's, when I say I felt I felt for her, I, I, I agree with Dana that I like seeing a female character in charge who was unapologetic about that. But I also think that there was a layer there where the reason, part of the reason she created this whole thing was because I think she was looking for it herself. And I, I think, and I think that to me, when I say I felt, when I say kind of, do you feel for her? It was looking in the filter of these relation, these complex relationships she had with these men in her life and recognizing that they all had a piece of something she was looking for, but none of them were the whole. And I think that's why she started down this path was because I think she was looking for someone who represented the whole. And I think that was underlined. Now, don't get me wrong, power and money do some things to even the most altruistic. But I think that was a part of me that, that I that I saw at the very beginning was this longing that you could see that she had for something. And I think that, also is the question that the whole show is trying to answer is if there was this person who offered the whole would you would you be looking for that person and would you want to try to find that person and so I think that's what I I mean when I say felt for her but so so I didn't feel for her at all like because I think what she was trying to get is what you work for that's what life is I don't think you get to just find it on the street corner. I don't think the one is something you find versus something that you find part of and then create the rest of it. So like, I didn't feel for her. I just saw her as a ruthless, you know, businesswoman. And then with the detective character, 
honestly, I really didn't care anything about her relationship. I did want to know what that girl was hiding. And when I found out what it was, I was like, oh, really? This is what y'all had me waiting for, this big secret in her background. Didn't care. Then <laughs> the wife and the husband, I, I did care just because it was the dumbest thing I'd seen. I had right. Seen. It I was, was the like, wife and the husband. It was her, it was her tomfoolery that I was there for yes. all the time. So because I, it just kept getting worse. Right. So they were probably, that part was probably the number one thing that kept me and that I was really there for but just like in terms of Rebecca the I, I guess I didn't really you know just I, I don't know she was doing her job <laughs> I mean I'm with you Dana like I'm here for season two just because I want to see if the tomfoolery continues like yes, I'm, that, now I feel really like I now I feel like the match is mad and now I feel like we about to up the ante a little bit so I really do I'm in it for the tomfoolery I am because it's, it's a it's Jurassic Park the love, the love version, you know, when you take science and try to mix it up with something and, and go against maybe what should be natural, there are mm-hmm. going to be things that happen because of it. And so I want to know what those things are, even outside things maybe I've thought of, and I want to see how y'all handle them. So I think, I feel like to me, that's what makes this interesting. I mean, they addressed two of the main things that I thought about immediately when they said this was something, because immediately I felt like, Mm-mm, not a good idea. We're not going to be birthing babies from dinosaur eggs, <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> and so that's kind of what the show to me was, was really about. You want this so bad that you'll do anything for it. Okay. Now you have to live with the consequences. How do you, how, and how do you do that? I think too the ante we we've upped the ante too with with these couples like bringing them in and then throwing them in these complicated situations you know it it ups the ante at first with the detective and Sophia because when they did have their first conversation or the first conversation that we saw it didn't seem like it was their first conversation Sophia asked how do your parents feel about you being matched with a woman and she was um and Kate the detective was like you know they don't know yet they know that I date women but then Sophia Kate asked Sophia you know Sophia says you know my my parents are dead and then we find out these complications that happen and her dad is not actually dead so and he actually asked about that. He's like, Sophia has a wife. Um, is she gay? So he didn't even know that. So you're thinking like, it's this big something else going on. But then, you know, then when we heard that the, the main crisis of what happened there in the whole Sophia and the parents and all that kind of thing, that was a little bit of a letdown. But I think what ratcheted up the ante or what made me want to stay interested in Kate, the detective, is that now she's actually pitted against Rebecca, you know, in that, in that end scene, you know, Rebecca's like, well, not end scene, but it's, uh, it's more after the funeral services, Rebecca, Rebecca and Kate are matched up together, like, you know, going head to head. So I want to see how all that comes out. Since we only have a few minutes left, I want to talk about everybody seems to be, maybe not Stacy in it for the next season. So what do we rate this? Are we one through five stars? One, we hated it. 
five, we absolutely loved it. Uh, let's start with let's start with Dana. Okay, sorry, I clicked the button. Um, you did. I, I would give it a three and a half. I felt like I definitely want a second season. I definitely they need a second season, and there's plenty of material there for it. And I'm interested again. I want to see more crazy stuff about what could happen and why this potentially is not a good idea. So I'm in, I'm I'm interested in it. So yes, I'll give it a three and a half. Marcy. I would give it a four and a half uh, because I thought it was well written and engaging. I am in it to see what happens in the next season. And I I do think it kept my interest for something that I was watching as a binge. It was an excellent binge. I'll say that. Um, and so I give it four and a half stars. All right. Stacy, what do you think? Possibly two, two and a half stars. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Really, if I watch the second season, it will be solely because y'all are watching it. And so I'm like, okay, I'll watch it. And we'll see the focus. I mean, I, there's certain parts I do want to see, like um, the match that was um, the husband and wife, the one um, that matched when she got her, the wife's hair. And I was like, ooh, I do want to see that. Um, yes. Yes, And I want to exactly. see what comes, comes of that. Other than that, the other plot points, I really didn't care about. <laughs> Okay. Right. So it will be seriously, I would see what's going on there and hopefully they bring something else to it. But if I watch, continue watching, it will be solely because y'all are watching it. And it's like, okay, let me at least watch this. So I do want to mention one thing before I go. And I just want to get a quick reaction here from you. At the end, Rebecca is making this speech and she says, uh, love knows no borders nationality or race and I thought at that moment because that's near the end it obviously does recognize weight limits because there are no plus size people on this show and all my listeners know how I feel about pro body positivity and there are actually two mentions of aversions to fatness on this show so that's my one absolute negative anybody concur or do we remember or anything about that well i mean well, i think that's that's nature of it being a tv show and not real life right so yes. like obviously there's a version to anybody who's not pretty and skinny because that's all that we saw in here same thing with the men we didn't see any chubby men you know so i think right. that's just the nature of the tv show i think if this were to be real life i think that that dna thing would actually move away from the whether the person was fat, skinny, tall, or short, because your DNA would tell you this is the person you would be attracted to. So even though, you know, I always joke about my husband, like, if you would ask me if I would have been attracted to him because he's shorter than me, the answer would have been no, you know, I love me a tall man. But, <laughs> you know, 15 years later, I'm glad that I am attracted to him and I love him dearly. And I feel like he is my one. I feel like we are a great match. So I feel like in the real world that will go away. But I think, again, because this is TV and this is kind of what we're used to, I think in this case, the non-plus size people being left out is a TV issue, not necessarily one that I think would have happened if this was truly a, a thing in the world. Okay. Stacey? Well, I mean, I don't remember, as again, I was not paying as much attention to this show. <laughs> yeah. so, can you remind me of the two times they, they did mention that? or Megan, the one that um, was matched with the husband, um, said that she did not like fat guys. 
Mm-hmm. And Hannah mentions uh, when she's trying to match Megan up with somebody, she said, hey, this guy's married, but, you know, his wife has put on a few pounds that they haven't had sex in nine months, you know, kind of thing. Uh, so it's a little okay. bit of a version there. Well, um, overall, I have to agree with Marcy and Dana. I mean, uh, with Dana, what she said about, you know, with TV shows, it's rare that we are we see that. So, I mean, I don't think it's really the show that's going to... um it would be nice to see that maybe in the next season that you actually see different body types um because i mean if you just talk about just body types in general they also didn't talk about anyone who was um who had uh was handicapable or anything like that so i mean we don't even you know right but they they did show one woman who was but she wasn't matched yeah yeah they actually or how people will react to that you know just react to having someone who said they, they wouldn't be attractive attracted to but overall I mean I really again I gave it a two and a half so <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> expecting much out of it. oh boy and I again I wasn't I guess because I was so interested in the match concept itself I didn't look at that part of it and because I honestly felt like most of the people were ordinary looking at best like I didn't I don't think that this was one of those casts where every anybody was super gorgeous I mean I think maybe Kate might have been like super attractive maybe Ben but you know most of the season he was dead you know but I think in general most of the people were so average looking that I just I just didn't think about it because right no no in my mind thought average yeah I didn't this wasn't one of those where everybody was supermodel-esque so I felt like it was at least real people-ish and I again because one of the main couples was people of color I was you know I'm, I was excited about that so I probably I didn't look through it through a million lenses you know I'm usually happy to see representation in some way so I probably don't look for multiple versions I guess because I got people of color I didn't look for all the other versions of representation because generally speaking the what what we usually get is one one right yeah we get one we get one either you get I mean let's be honest if there was somebody who was who was plus size nobody would have been brown like I feel like you know what I'm saying like something it would have been a it would have been a trade-off so I because the couple was with the storyline that was most engaging was also the couple of color yeah I think that's really what my focus was so I don't know that I saw the rest of it well, I want to say thank you, ladies, for joining me today. I'm glad that you're here <laughs> talking the one on Netflix and all of our lovely antics. So thanks. Thank you for having me. Thank you. <laughs> so that's it for this episode. Please subscribe to Nerdy Romantics Podcast wherever you get your podcast to be notified anytime a new episode drops. And if you like what you're hearing, please rate and review. The links are in my show notes at ymnelson.com, along with a lot of other links for books and other items that we talked about on our show. And if you really like what you're hearing, click the buy me a coffee button while you're there to support us. Thank you for listening. Stardate 
not-too-distant future. Brandon is a die-hard Trekkie. He's watched every Star Trek franchise episode multiple times. He has several cosplay and collectible uniforms in his closet. Commander Will Riker is his favorite cosplay character, and he's been to dozens of conventions. But he's never met or gotten in a fight with another Trekkie like Phoenix. Phoenix is looking forward to her first Star Trek convention until she meets Brandon. He's nothing like the Riker character she loves to hate. He's combative, socially awkward, and off-putting. But he's so adorable. Phoenix and Brandon keep running into each other, each time more heated than the next. With three days of convention to get through, will they get past the hostility and find what they know is there? Attraction and perhaps love? This is the premise of Stardate, a free e-story for my newsletter subscribers, available on February 1st. If you like Trekkie romance, romantic comedy, or just like to see a little grumpy sunshine trope, this story is for you. Go to ymnelson.com backslash subscribe and get your free copy.